This is Ursula Hogan. Welcome you to News Extra on Scarf Bay Community Radio, where we feature interviews which go into detail on some of the events in the news this week. The Scarf Public Library is a very busy place with lots of events taking place there every month. Trish Nugent met up with Catherine Griffin from the library to, uh, this week to find out what's happening in the coming weeks. And now I'm joined by Catherine Griffin from Scarif Library. You're welcome, Catherine. Thanks, Patricia. Now, you're just here to talk to us about, you know, events that are happening in, in the library. And first of all, we'll talk about Claude Edgecart Kramer's. He's, he's an art and um, photographic exhibition that's on until the 16th called Time Lapse. Yes, this is a, a wonderful exhibition. Um, we've really enjoyed uh, watching Klaus installing the exhibition because it's it's really, really some magnificent pictures um, and such an incredible amount of work has gone into yeah. every element of it. So it's in the, the library gallery from uh, from the 13th of September to the 16th of October. Um, and Klaus himself will be happy to, to answer any questions anyone has, um, but likewise drop into us in the library and uh, yeah. and we can uh, talk to you. Yeah. Through it. yeah, yeah, he did um, a calendar there at Christmas and a few of us got it. It was lovely. There was yes. some lovely um, yeah. scenes in it. Yeah, some beautiful um, shots of, of East Clare, really wonderful. So, yeah. And, and it, I know that a lot of the pictures were taken during lockdown. So yeah, it's, right, it's yeah. a really good sort of visual. Yeah, yeah I think he came to, to the area just before lockdown. That's right, so. just before, yeah. yeah so. so It's a really beautiful exhibition and uh, it's actually... Um, he's gotten quite a bit of media attention uh, around it. So um, RTE were going to come and talk to him about it as part of the Culture Night oh, yes, festivities. Right. Um, yeah. So Culture Night is, was Friday um, the 17th September. Mm-hmm. So uh, there was a number of events happening around the county and Klaus's exhibition w- was one of them. So oh, that's great. And are, are his, has he many exhibits? Are there many in, in the library? Quite a few, yeah. I mean, anyone that knows the gallery knows it's, it's a decent-sized it space is, and it, it's, yeah. it's, it's full and, I mean, they're... Some some pictures are small, some are quite uh, eye-catching in their size and, and uh, colours and everything. They're really wonderful. Yeah, yeah. no, no, he's, he's very good now. I haven't seen the, the calendar and just yeah. seen, seen him on, on um, Facebook and that. And it's op- you can go in at any time. You can but, during, but during library opening hours. Yes. Yeah, so there are library opening hours at the moment are generally Monday to Friday, 10 to 1.30 and 2.30 to 5.30. But um, I'm happy to say actually that... Uh, with the general easing of COVID restrictions, we will be reopening the library on Saturdays from Saturday the twenty fifth. So oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, so we're it? we're delighted yeah. uh, to to put that news out there. Yeah, so oh, it's great that yeah. yeah that the hours are being extended. Yes, yeah. yeah, and then in time we'll we'll reopen the the late evenings as well. Yes, but, um, yes, yeah. So the so that's so that's another day that you can drop in and see Klaus. Yeah, exhibition. which is great. There are people that mightn't be able to go exactly. during the week yes, that could go. Sure, yeah. could, yeah. You know, people even that are working wouldn't be mightn't be able to go exactly, working away. Yeah. So yeah. And are there any other events coming up? We actually in, have um, a, a really nice event that we. Um, Tried to run last year and started, but then uh, again, COVID restrictions put a put a an end to it prematurely. We had these smartphone classes for older people, so yes. for older people looking to get the most from their smartphone. Now they're really for absolute beginners, yeah. so someone that has a smartphone but isn't too sure how to use it. So the idea is that um, these will be very small events, so maybe only five or six people um, with an, with a tutor. And uh, they'll be in the library. And the first event in Scariff will be Thursday, the 30th of September. Yes. So just if you're interested, give us a call in Scariff. Our number is 922-893. Um, 
the kind of things they'll be doing in the classes, these are free, free classes. Yes. You'll learn how to install apps, how to email, how to use WhatsApp, how to use Zoom and how to use our library online resources as well. Oh, that's that's a great. They're great services. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, provided for people. Yeah, I mean, people, you know, th- those of us who use our smartphones all the time maybe take for granted yeah. how to use them. But there's a lot of people who need that little bit of extra help. So. Oh, they do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the children's book. Yeah, festival. Um, October is Children's Book Festival month, um, and we are in the process of planning our events at the moment. Uh, so we have lots of fantastic authors coming to Scarif. Um, these events this year will be taking place uh, live online on Zoom. Yes. So um, all happening online. But as we found last year, that didn't take away from the events at all. The, yeah. the schools that were involved had a great time. Yeah, and the, kids, it, the kids love it. They, do, they? Yeah, they do, yeah. yeah. So, I yeah. mean, some of the authors we have, we have Dave Rodden. He's the author of the Knights of the Borrowed Dark series. We have Caroline Busher. Um, we have, oh, it was in, in Killaloo, then we have... Um, we have just a whole array of, of authors. Yeah. Uh, my, my, my mind is going blank <laughs> oh, now. But uh, yeah, just give us a call in the library if, yeah. if you'd like any more yeah, information. Yeah, I'm sure the, the kids, the children would love. Yeah. Yeah, they, they love that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure the library has been great for people during the lockdown, hasn't it? For yeah, well, the one thing that we were, we were really pleased that we could offer. I mean, we stayed... We stayed in the library right. working away throughout, even though the doors were closed, oh, oh. sadly, but we were offering delivery services. Y- yeah, and, yes, um, I heard about that. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, we were just delighted to be able yeah, to do that. That was brilliant for people, I could yeah. say, people living on their own, especially. Yes, yeah. I mean, a lifeline for a book just to be able to, Yeah. you know, it was brilliant for them. Yeah, we, I mean, we got a lot of positive feedback and, yeah. and that was great for us just to know, you know, that we were... Helping people helping in some people. Oh, small yeah. way, you know. Oh, yeah. And I mean, reading is because I think mm. some of the book, some of the shops in in the towns and cities stayed open because they were providing yeah. books and newspapers that was considered essential mm. for people, which they are. They are, know. yeah. Especially in in the in the situation where you have to stay home just for yeah. hours on end yeah. and and you can't you know get out and do all the things you normally yeah. like to do. Yeah. And some people just, I mean, they're not into the phones or the yeah. television, so that you know, some people just love reading. Yeah. So yeah, and people yeah. who loved reading but didn't have the time before found themselves the f- with a lot more time to be able yes. to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, a good good thing. Yeah, and a yeah. lifeline as well for parents of young children yes. who are at home. <laughs> so I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, you must have found it very quiet then. You know, during the lockdown when... Yeah, it, w- it was very strange. strange yeah. <laughs> very strange. But uh, as I say, we kept really busy. And yes, it's funny yeah. now, you know, before we we closed the doors, we would never have imagined that we would have been that busy with the doors closed yes. and people not yeah. coming in because that's, that's our business is looking after people when yeah. they come in the door. Yeah. And um, But yeah, so we, we got used to it and we kept everything kept everything going. We, oh, that was brilliant. We're, we're lucky we have some great dedicated staff in Scarf. And yes. uh, yeah, yeah, so we're... But we're thrilled. Yeah. thrilled yeah, it's a lovely library. It's, yeah. it's so big and spacious yes. even to yeah. go in. I mean, yeah. it is, it's so safe for anybody to go in themselves yes, now. Yes, absolutely. And um, and that's what I say to anyone who's wondering or maybe is reluctant to come down. I mean, we have all the precautions in place, um, yes. mask yeah. wearing, the hand sanitizer. And from yeah. next week now, we're delighted to say that we can offer PCs, um, a limited number of PCs, uh, because I know that was something for for a lot of people they didn't have anywhere else they could go to use yeah, computers yeah, so which was important for yeah, them so um, we'll have those and we'll have uh, newspapers again which is something oh, yeah. we haven't been able to offer for yeah. about a year and a half oh, gosh, so. that's brilliant yeah. so yeah. getting back to getting back to some bit of normality some, some bit of normality yeah. yeah so and I might just mention actually Patricia um, we have a couple of book clubs in the library um, and 
the the one at the morning book club. We have a morning book club and an evening book club for adults. And the morning book club, their next meeting is Tuesday, the twenty eighth of September at eleven a.m. New members are always welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, so just contact us in the library. We have copies of the books. It's a, the next book uh, that they're reading is called How the One Armed Sister Sweeps Her House, which is a great title. S- sounds interesting. <laughs> um, so we have copies of that available. Um, the evening book club. The next meeting is Tuesday, the seventh of October. Thursday, the seventh of October at seven p.m. And uh, that's my own book club, and we are reading Your Duck Is My Duck. Oh. <laughs> so that's a collection of short stories. Yeah. Um, now uh, these are happening via Zoom for the moment as well, though that may change in the future. Yes, so yeah. quite soon. Yeah. So yeah, uh, but yeah. It's, it, it's great for people to be able yeah. to get on Zoom. Exactly. Anyway to, yeah. 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 Okay. Well, thanks very much, Catherine. Thanks very much for coming in. And that's all for now. Stay safe. The 2022 BT Young Scientist and Technology Exhibition are inviting students from across the country to turn their creative ideas into project entries. John S. Kelly spoke to retired science teacher T.J. O'Halloran from Scarif about the exhibition, what it means and how schools prepare for it. Good morning, uh, T.J. T.J. O'Halloran. I was thinking about you a lot this week, in fact. As uh, it's announced that the uh, Young Scientist Exhibition uh, is going ahead in the, in the springtime, as usual. And when I think of the Young Scientist Exhibition, I think of T.J. O'Halloran. Yeah, I have been involved in it, or was involved in it for quite a long time, uh, since I came to Scarif. How many uh, years, actually? Well, our first project was in 1987, in yeah. January 1987, with Timmy Dooley and Paul Bogler and Keen McLeisett. Yes. And uh, the last project we had from the school was in uh, 2017. Yes. With Aaron O'Brien and uh, Kieran Hickey and uh, Denny Hines. Yeah. So I think that's 30 years, isn't it? 30 years. Yeah. And I remember that first one, uh, uh, in, uh, Professor Inbush. Your ex-physics uh, professor that's in, correct, in, yeah, in yeah. NUIG in, Galway was one of the, the adjudicators. He was one of the adjudicators, he was, no. yeah. And he adjudicated quite a number of our projects. Yeah. And um, I think he was kind of... One of the things he really commented on was when you can um, identify some interest that a student has yeah. and do a project that's associated with that interest. Yeah. And two in particular that come to mind is uh, Sinead, my daughter, did a project on the role of the reed in the inland pipes and the role of the material that uh, the chanter of the inland pipes yes. was made from. And whether the reed or the chanter made the greatest contribution to the quality of the sound from the pipes. And he figured that that was a great way of doing a project mm. because... Not alone did you have the science from it, but the student had an interest in what was going on. And that drove the project as well. And he made the same comment about the project that the uh, three lads did uh, on hurling, because, you know, they had an interest in hurling. One of them, or two of them actually had an interest in golf. And one of them had an interest in badminton. And what what concept was in question? The concept involved in that question was... um, whether there was a mathematical, um, how would I put it, principle behind the sweet spot in a hurley. And is there? And there is, yes. You yeah. proved that. We proved that. We found that they, that um, 
by and large, the sweet spot coincided with a point called the um, radius of gyration of the of the holiday or the bet or the or the golf yeah. club, yeah. and um, what sort of drove them was the fact that they had an interest in sport. Okay, okay. So and essentially, what you're saying to get a student to look at their whole environment exactly and if, pick out if you something. can if you know in both those cases i think i came up with the actual idea yeah but then the students uh, took the idea from there because it wasn't an abstract idea it was something that had a resonance with them and that okay. they, they could go ahead with okay. now what actually tj why why become involved or why getting students involved in the young scientists, in, in, in asking that question, in the back of my mind is echoing the two Collison brothers. Yes, yeah, um, <laughs> and, and um, um, Patrick Collison actually has a connection with Scarif. Really? Yes, uh, his grandmother, I think, was a sister of Paddy Scanlon's, uh, Dinny Scanlon's father. Good yeah. grief! And uh, so he he actually had a had a connection with Scarif. Now, for our but listeners, for our listeners, the Collison brothers are probably two of the richest men in the world. In the world, at this stage. and they have set up Stripe. Stripe. And it, it's sort of a continuation of the project. Only only um, one of the brothers actually did a project. Yeah. And he won the Young Scientist with a project involving uh, encryption of data. No, in the, and in, to, to to Michael out in the countryside. What well, in the encryption of data is a way of making data transfer secure. That uh, oh, it's, right, it's right, sort right, of a right. coding system is okay. is the best okay. way to describe yeah. it. And in reality, then his project is what he developed. That was the, that was probably the the seed the genesis, the genesis yeah. of of his of their actual company that's very interesting which is very interesting and in some cases you know um past uh, winners of the young scientists and not even winners but past uh, competitors in yeah. the young scientists have gone into areas of science that was generated or the, the genesis was in their their so actual project so how do we project. as a, as a community how do we support the 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 the, the now, significance I, of Involvement in the young scientists. One of the things that I think, uh, how would I say, one of the common threads that I found is that a lot of the students who get involved in the young scientist aren't involved in a whole lot of other things in the school. You know, yeah. there's, with some exceptions, but they're not um, big into sport. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I agree there are exceptions. They're not big into drama, mm -hmm. and again, there might there would be exceptions, but. Um, the, the young scientist may be the only extracurricular activity that they were involved in in school. Yeah. And I think that's great, that you're bringing people who would otherwise go through school with very little extracurricular activities, right. bringing them into the realm of extracurricular work. It also gives, you, gives the student the ability and the experience of defending their own work. Mm -hmm. With people who are you know, quite intense. Uh, some of the judges can give you a, a fairly good grilling. A roasting? A roasting in some <laughs> cases. You know, even even just to test 
their commitment to the project, yeah. they'll throw doubt on the results. Yes. Even though they might actually be convinced that the results are yeah. accurate and are, yeah. uh, are correct. But they do that in order to get a, an idea of how committed the students are and how much of the work was theirs. Mm. And... Um, along with that, uh, to give the students the, the, the possibility of, of um, defending their own work. And very often you find with younger students that they have done a project that they're absolutely committed to. And when you start chatting to them at the Young Scientist, they, they, they draw you in. And the amount of information you can get from those kids and the amount of enthusiasm they can display is unbelievable. Mm. I have a memory of one young fellow, I can't even remember where he was from, who had done a project a few years ago on bees and on, uh, I think it was the, uh, the varroa mite. Mm. And he had been doing some beekeeping with his grandfather. And I, I thought it was a lovely idea that, you know, the grandfather was involved, the bees were involved, and it was a spin-off from, you know, his interest yes. in beekeeping yes. that he gained from being around the place with yes. his grandfather. Yes. And uh, he was, he really was a, a, an engaging kind of a character. And he, he, he reaped the benefit of it. He won out the section. And TJ, uh, what about the... the Parental involvement, uh, or the uncles. Well, you've just Friend, given an example of the grandfather, grandfather involved. Yes. But um, here, listening to us now, let's say this week, uh, they'll have a student will have an opportunity through his teacher, or he can actually operate independently. Can, you can operate independently. There's no no, no bear against operating yeah, independently. But not Obviously, you will need to get um, your, your teacher to verify that the work is your own and yes, uh, yes. so on. But um, that's possible. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, you can actually work through um, an organisation like the GA or whatever, you yes. know, that, that you yes. don't have to be in a school. Yes. Uh, yes. Now, I may be wrong about that yes. because it's... Uh, it's uh, um, how would I put it? It's all of the age categories and so on yeah. correspond with uh, stages in, in the school. school. Yeah. But I think if you were in second year in school and the supervisor was somebody who was coaching you in the GAA, yeah. I don't think there's any problem with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm and uh, it's a, even on a, a, a supervision level, there's a lot of uh, potential environmental stuff here in East Clare. There is. There's that a, would attract. a huge amount of that. Now, my advice, if you're doing something on the environmental uh, side of things, yeah. is to take um, a long-term view. Maybe even start in first year or second year doing something along the lines of what you're interested in and continue it into an intermediate project yeah. and into a senior project. Yeah. Because very often, you know, for environmental stuff, you're working outdoors. It's weather related. You know, uh, I mean, my typical one was we did a thing one time on raindrops. And raindrops? Raindrops. And um, for about a month after we getting the equipment together, we had no rain. <laughs> we, we said um, at the time we should have done this years ago. Yeah. But, um, yeah. you know, that's that's the type of thing that yeah. can happen with environmental stuff in the sense that, you know, you're, you're very, uh, you're, you have less control over your progress yeah. than you would have in a chemistry project right. or a physics now, project. Uh, uh, it's a fact that 
primary school kids can enter. There's a segment, isn't there? There is, the a, young sec- there is a section in the Young Scientists for, for Primary Schools, and it's it's quite a good one in that um, they they have different primary schools exhibiting a project on on a project of their own choice. Mm. And if you're in competition, the maximum number of students involved is three. But for um, national school, the entire fifth class or sixth class or whichever class is chosen um, can be involved in the project. And they are really enthusiastic. They're there for a day. So their project on display for a day, they're not in competition. And they they really want to draw you in and tell you what they did and how they did it and... Uh, it's okay. it's probably also you know they see the situation at the young scientists so yeah. when they go into secondary school they'll probably be fairly yeah. enthusiastic about doing a project as well so here now you're retired TJ but available to offer advice clearly. well if, if anybody wants to contact yeah. me about a, a project I'd be quite happy to help you know marvelous, I, I, marvelous. Would, I would have no problem with that, about that and your plea uh, to students to consider and schools to I would consider. say to students and to schools to consider yeah yeah. Um, now, we're not doing too badly in Clare. Uh, I remember the first time uh, we had it from Scarlet Community College when we had a project in 87. Yeah. Uh, there were only two projects from Clare, one from Scarif and one from Innes. Matt mm-hmm. Power had a project from Innes. And now uh, quite a lot of schools in Clare have projects that, you know, I'd say there could be 10 or 12 st- okay. schools from Clare that have projects. Yeah. Um, it would be nice to see a few coming from East Clare again. And just to remind any of our listeners, it doesn't have to be the ha- in the hard sciences. It, it can be in behavioural. It can be in behavioural science. Uh, it can be in technology. technology. Now, I know technology is, an, I suppose, a hard science. Yeah. But some students are really into technology and uh, identify a gadget that could be useful in a certain c- yeah. circumstances yeah. and may have parental support or something that um, one of the parents is involved in electronics or something like that, that they can be of help to them in developing something like that, in developing well, a, a, TJ, a gadget. Uh, we're sending out a, a positive message to oh, our listeners. And from everybody's point of view, from the student's point of view, from the teacher's point of view and from the parent's point of view, it's a very positive experience going to the young scientists, going to um, going to um, the RDS in January is a positive experience. Well, TJ, I worked with you for many, many years. Both of us are retired now. That's true. But we can look back on, on some very interesting experiences in the young scientists. Indeed, we can. And a lot of a lot of students will be beholden to you for the way you led them in well, science. I, yeah, uh, and some students have commented afterwards that you know, in interviews for jobs and things like that, that the mention of the young scientist got them onto a topic that they were very comfortable with. It eased them into the interview, and there are even some who will say that without that. Entry into the interview, they may not have got the job. Well, no, that's a, f- a very, and very fine a final, a very, very fine finish to our interview this morning. Thank you thank very, you. very much indeed, Thanks, TJ, and thank you for those years of work. Okay. I enjoy them. Okay. You have been listening to News Extra on Scarf Bay Community Radio. Join us again next weekend, and we will keep you updated on local events. 
This is Ursula Hogan from Scarab Bay Community Radio.